I am the proud father and occasional training partner of a high school cross-country runner. I even, from time to time, have the sore knees as evidence. Running is hard. Running is hard, especially if you want to be competitive, whether you think of competitive as having a chance to actually win one of these races or just trying to be better than you were the last time you ran. It's hard. It's hard to get out for practice in Phoenix heat after a long day of classes. It's hard in Tucson, too. It's hard to make sure that you're drinking enough water, eating enough healthy food, getting enough sleep so that you're ready to go. And even if you think you've got everything rel relatively dialed in, you think that you're all set and practiced up, it's hard to push yourself through an entire five-kilometer race course on the day of the meet. I have no doubt that this fact, that running is hard, racing is hard, is a big part of the reason why running is mentioned, running a race specifically here in Hebrews chapter 12. God led the writer of the Hebrews to offer encouragement to Christians who are facing challenges, all sorts of challenges, and he encouraged them to keep on running the race. That advice, that encouragement comes to us, and it's good for us. It still helps us today. So let's take to heart these words from the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and let us run our race. Well, what exactly is meant by this race we have to run? The Hebrews to whom this book, were, or this book was first written were being persecuted. They're being tempted to turn away from Christianity, to turn back to Judaism. They're tempted to give up their, their hold on and their faith in Jesus Christ to go back to what they had before. The whole book, not just this chapter, the whole book encourages them that even their sufferings are worth it that they need to hold on to the faith, that Jesus and what he has to offer are better than any other possibility or any other outcome. And so here also in chapter 12, in the language of a race, we get this encouragement that living with Jesus is an important race to run. It requires patient endurance. Yes, it is hard, but it's worth it. And it's worth it in a way that is different from me saying, well, it's worth it to participate in the cross-country meet, or it's worth it for the Olympic sprinter to run his race, or for the amateur runner to run a marathon. We can find value in those things. There's value in winning and being successful. There's value in overcoming a challenge. There's value in having the joy of a team around you. But there the goal is the finish line. It's crossing that marker. The goal of this race is a heavenly goal, a heavenly finish line. 
And the race that is our Christian life is different in another way too, and that way is this, that this race has already been won. It's not up to you to work harder or put in enough effort to reach the finish line first so that you can claim your prize. It's not up to you because if it were up to you, you'd already have failed. If it were up to any of us to to navigate successfully the race of life, to reach the heavenly finish line, we'd be doomed. What would it take? That perfect race, what would it look like? It would look like somebody always perfectly loving everybody else. It would look like someone constantly honoring God it would look like without, without exception, being kind and compassionate and upright. That's the perfection that God demands. It's almost a throwaway line for us. We hardly even think about it to say, well, nobody's perfect, but that's absolutely true. No one can and no one has perfectly navigated the race course to reach that heavenly finish line. Well, no one except Jesus. Here in our verses, he's called the author of our faith and the one who brings it to its goal. And we're called to keep our eyes focused on him. Just as if he were standing at the finish line, the the goal of our race, the, the place we're looking to reach. And in a way, he certainly is, isn't he? He did navigate the human life perfectly. He set aside his heavenly glory and joy to take his mark, to run the race of our lives, and not to just do it with us, but to do it for us. Not a moment of Jesus' earthly life went by where he was selfish instead of loving, or cruel instead of kind, or defiant instead of willing. And he did all of that so that his race could count as our race. So that his perfection, his uh, his life could be our life, his righteousness credited to us. He offered up his life for us on the cross. Our verses say it this way. He endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of God's throne. That means that our risen and ascended Lord is reigning and ruling right now to keep us in His care and to bring us to be with Him in the eternal joys of heaven. But we're not there yet. We haven't reached the goal. We haven't crossed the finish line. And that is why we can both know the outcome, know the victory, and still need patient endurance. From our perspective, it's a long race, isn't it? Years, decades, maybe even a century. And it's a race through a world corrupted by sin and and rife with temptation. For the Hebrews at the time this letter was written to them, Temptation came in the form of persecution and a desire to go back to the old religion that didn't face such opposition. 
But that's not the answer. That's quitting. That's taking the race that's already been won and it's stepping off the race course. And by off the race course, I'm not talking about taking a break, enjoying some shade, getting ready to keep running. I'm talking about it means ending up in destruction and pain and even worse suffering. We're talking about hell itself. It means giving up on a Savior who's already gone through it all, went through every trial for you. And to encourage us on our race that's already been won, here's another blessing. You are not alone. You are surrounded by a crowd, a great cloud of witnesses. And this means more than just the the people around you at church today or on any given week. This is a cloud of witnesses like many of the people described in the previous chapter of the book of Hebrews. There in Hebrews chapter 11, as we heard last week from Pastor Patoka, God gave several examples of people who lived their lives by faith. Abraham was prominent. We focused on him specifically, but there were many more. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, all of them and more lived in faith, focused on eternal life more than on this present world, this passing world. And all of them who died in faith are enjoying now the glory of heaven. For your race, it's as if there's a whole crowd gathered in a stadium where the finish line is just to cheer you on. I recently was reminded of this when I watched a sporting event that included a pretty unique race, actually. As part of this race, at the end of this race, there were stairs that you had to go up to to the finish line. And not just did you have to go up those stairs, but you had to carry a heavy weight up those stairs to get to the finish line. And at the very end, there was one competitor still left out on that course, and she was struggling. The weight was heavy, the sun was hot, the the race had been long already. And then what happened was interesting to watch because people behind her on the course, lining lining the course, started crowding in behind and cheering for her and urging her on. You can do it. And she picked up that weight and continued on and she finally made it and the crowd erupted with joy I bet it was even louder at that moment than it had been for the person who actually won the race. That's the blessing that God has given to us. A huge crowd cheering and encouraging and supporting. People that we haven't even met except through the pages of Scripture are saying to us, look what happened to me. Look what I got through. Look what God accomplished in my life. Look at His amazing love and don't give up. Don't stop. Don't step aside. Keep running your race. And here's how you do that. 
let us get rid of every burden and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with patient endurance the race that is laid out for us. That competitor that I just mentioned, I'm sure she could have crossed the finish line a lot sooner if she would have just left the weight behind and said, I'm walking up those stairs and crossing the line without it. But that wasn't the rules of that race. Our race is different. In our race of life, we far too often pick up and hold on to things that slow us down or send us off course. I forget the finish line. I forget what I'm striving toward because I see some money that I could earn or some stuff that I could hoard. I forget the finish line because I'd rather grab some extra fame or power. I get worn down and I get worn out because I don't drink in the water of God's Word. I don't take in the food that He gives for my soul. What I need to do is lay down everything that hinders and everything that entangles so that I can focus on Jesus and what He has done and that I can run with patient endurance. And to help us in that, God talks about one more major blessing that He promises. We have God looking out for us. In keeping with our, our race metaphor, we might say that we have a coach who takes us through these difficulties. He says, sure, I know that practice is hard, but it makes you better. It makes you ready. He pushes us through the challenges that on our path include all sorts of suffering and trouble and sorrow. Includes hostility from people who think we're not on the right track. It includes that, that division that Jesus talked about in our gospel. Three against two and two against three. The race is hard. The race is hard when my loved one is in the hospital. I'm tempted to give up when my bank account is empty. I'm tempted to say, this is terrible, and no one who loves me the way that God claims to love me would ever let me go through something like this. And I'm tempted to drop out of the race, and I stop worrying about whether I'm facing the right direction, and I'm heading towards where Jesus is, that heavenly finish line. But in those challenges and in those difficulties, Hebrews 12 tells us that God's even, even better than a coach. He's a loving Father, a caring Father, one who uses the pain and the challenge for our benefits. He uses them to discipline us. He uses them to teach us. He uses them to accomplish His good purposes in His good timeline. Perhaps there have been times in your life when you've thought about discipline, that it just wasn't fair, that it wasn't carried out properly, that it was too harsh or it hit the wrong person. But overall, you probably have come to realize and to recognize that discipline comes from a place of love. It comes from a parent who cares how you turn out and whether you are equipped for the future. Just think 
how much more true that is of your perfect and loving Heavenly Father. I realize we may not have a, a church full of race fans gathered here today. Perhaps you've watched fewer cross-country meets in the last couple of years than I have. Maybe you don't get excited about running. But all of us who have gathered here today have a race to run. And so we need to hear this encouragement. With patient endurance, let's run our race. The victory is already won, and you are not alone, and your Heavenly Father is preparing you for everything that you will go through. So by God's grace, we will see Jesus and each other when we reach that heavenly finish line. Amen.